Hey, Jared Morris here. If you know anything about Rainmaker Digital and Copyblogger, you may know that we produce incredible live events. Well, some would say that we produce incredible live events as an excuse to throw great parties, but that's another story. We've got another one coming up this October in Denver. It's called Digital Commerce Summit, and it is entirely focused on giving you the smartest ways to create and sell digital products and services. You can find out more at rainmaker.fm slash summit. That's rainmaker.fm slash summit. We'll be talking about Digital Commerce Summit in more detail as it gets closer. But for now, I'd like to let a few attendees from our past events speak for us. For me, it's just hearing from the experts. I mean, this is my first industry event, so it's awesome to learn new stuff and also get confirmation that we're not doing it completely wrong where I work. The best part of the conference for me is being able to mingle with people and realize that you have connections with everyone here. It feels like LinkedIn Live. I also love the parties after each day, being able to talk to the speakers, talk to other people over here for the first time, people have been here before. I think the best part of the conference for me is understanding how I can service my customers a little more easily. Seeing all the different facets and components of various enterprises then helps me pick the best tools. Hey, we agree. One of the biggest reasons we host a conference every year is so that we can learn how to service our customers, people like you, more easily. And here are just a few more words from folks who have come to our past live events. It's really fun. I think it's a great mix of beginner information and advanced information. So I'm really learning a lot and having a lot of fun. Conference is great, especially because it's a single track conference where you don't get distracted by like, which session should I go to and am I missing something? I mean, the training and everything, the speakers have been awesome, but I think the coolest aspect for me has been connecting with both people who are putting it on and then the other attendees. So that's it for now. There's a lot more to come on Digital Commerce Summit, and I really hope to see you there in October. Again, to get all the details and the very best deal on tickets, head over to rainmaker.fm slash summit. That's rainmaker.fm slash summit. And welcome back to The Digital Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jared Morris, the VP of Marketing for Rainmaker Digital, and this is episode number 26. And on this week's episode, I am joined by someone who is passionate about helping other people make a living from work that fulfills them. Someone whose goal is to, quote, demystify the path to building a sustainable, profitable, audience-driven business. He recently took the month of July to write his book, Overlap, He's the host of a couple of podcasts, one on creativity and business, and another with the goal of helping others build a thriving, sustainable business and achieve huge goals. He is the founder of the brand called Sean Wes, where he teaches two courses. One is on how to grow your business with writing, supercharge your writing, and the other is focused on how to stop trading time for money and start pricing your work on value, value-based pricing. He is Sean McCabe, and he is a digital entrepreneur. Real quick, before I bring you my discussion with Sean, I want to let you know about a webinar that I participated in recently with Brian Clark and Chris Garrett that you may want to check out. Now, you've heard us talk a lot about the Rainmaker platform here on The Digital Entrepreneur. Rainmaker, of course, is the complete solution for digital marketing and sales, giving you more power, less pain, and higher profit. It was designed by digital entrepreneurs, the team at Rainmaker Digital, for digital entrepreneurs, people like you. 
Well, did you know that Rainmaker now includes integrated email marketing as well? It's true. It's called Rainmail, and it's built right into the platform, integrating with all the other features of Rainmaker like landing pages, marketing automation, and memberships. You can really create an adaptable, personalized experience for your audience when email is baked right into your online platform like it is now for Rainmaker with Rainmail. Oh, and your first 999 subscribers, they're free. As in, they're included in your regular platform payment. You don't pay a dime extra. All right, want to see how Rainmail works? Well, one way to do it is to check out the replay of the webinar that Brian, Chris, and I did recently. The live event was only for Rainmaker platform customers because we wanted to answer customer questions, but we're happy to share the replay with prospective Rainmaker customers like you so you can see what Rainmail is capable of. So to watch the replay, go to rainmakerplatform.com slash webinar one. That's rainmakerplatform.com slash webinar one. It's about a two-hour replay, but the nice thing is on that page, we actually have a bulleted list of all the topics and questions, and it was based on a lot of FAQs that we often get, plus some use cases and examples so we could show folks what Rainmail can do uh, and how you can use it on your site too. So again, rainmakerplatform.com slash webinar one, the number one, not spelled out like O-N-E. RainmakerPlatform.com slash webinar one. All righty. And now here's my interview with digital entrepreneur, Sean McCabe. All righty. Mr. McCabe, welcome to the digital entrepreneur. Hey, Jared. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. No, it's great to have you on here. So let's begin here, Sean. You know, I've always believed that the number one benefit of digital entrepreneurship is freedom. The freedom to choose your projects, the freedom to chart your course, and ultimately the freedom to change your life and your family's life for the better. What benefit of digital entrepreneurship do you appreciate the most? Freedom is a big one for me, for sure. Uh, I'm also an introvert, so I love working from home. I love uh, the ability to work from anywhere. Usually that's home. Uh, I was actually... uh, So I I wrote a book last month, and I was thinking, I'm going to travel because I like this romantic idea of uh, getting a cabin and looking over the scenery. But my friend said, do you get your work done really well at home or do you get distracted at home? And I was like, oh, I focus great at home. I have so much focus at home. And he's like, why are you going to go anywhere else? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. This is where I get my work done. And so I don't know, like, I like being able to work from home and, uh, I, I like the ability to, I mean, it it was just me at first. I was a a solopreneur. Now we've got a team of uh, eight people, including myself. And I, I consider the people I work with to be just some of my very best friends. And so it's also just fulfilling to give them freedom as well and give them the ability to do work they enjoy. We have a remote team like you guys do at Rainmaker. And uh, it's just, it's such a joy to give them a sense of fulfillment as well. Yeah. You know, working from home is so interesting because it can be a blessing and a curse in so many ways. You know, you, you really have to kind of learn how to manage it for yourself because I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like I can focus really well at home. And then there's every now and then where I find like my focus is just kind of jumbled and I've just got to get out somewhere else, you know, and spend a day somewhere else. But then usually I can come back uh, and my focus is back. And that really is a big benefit just to be able to have that freedom, especially, you know, for me now, kind of, you know, starting a family. Uh, it's been really nice to have that flexibility. So that's definitely a big benefit. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, nothing beats waking up in the morning and finding out you made a few thousand dollars, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, you said something interesting there. You said last month you wrote a book. 
Now, did it only take you a month to write the book? Because this is a pretty big project for you, isn't it? Well, uh, it's been in my head for several years. So I did actually write a book in a month. Um, I I actually set out to a really ambitious goal, really, really ambitious, which was to write three books in a month. Oh my. Just because I kind of, I don't know, I'm I'm crazy. So I set out on this goal to write three books in a month. I figured they would be about 80,000 words a piece, uh, which means... I would need to have written 240,000 words. So that comes out to about 8,000 words a day, which I, I have done before. I've, I've topped 10,000 words in a day, uh, but this was going to be just an intense sprint. And during the, during the process of this, I was actually uh, journaling the whole process. I was doing a live stream uh, every evening, just sharing the writing process. And on day four, I decided, you know what? This three-part series really should be a single book. I really should put it all in one book because it's for the same person. I was at first thinking, oh, this is for kind of different people, but it's really for the same person in different stages. And so I decided I'm going to compile it all into one book. I'm going to make it nice and concise, condensed, nothing that you don't need. And because I set that super big goal of trying to write three books in a month, I actually wrote the one book in 14 days. Wow. So and that's about, about that's, 75,000 words. That's the overlap, right? Yes. Uh, the book is called Overlap. It's, overlap. Uh, it's on getting from the life you have to the life you want. Basically, like a really practical step-by-step guide on get, especially people who are in a day job and they want to be able to uh, start their own thing. It's just a really practical guide for getting where you want to be. So let's talk a little bit about your story then of getting from where you wanted to be to where you are now. Uh, take me back to before you became a digital entrepreneur. What were you doing and what was missing that led you to want to make a change? Well, honestly, Jared, I started pretty young. I, my first business was a computer repair business when I was 17 years old. Before that, I was uh, three stories up washing windows. Oh my! We had a 32-foot ladder leaning against a, a three-story residential building. And then on top of the roof, there was another window, yet, yet another window, a little bit higher, maybe a good uh, you know, 12 feet up or so. So we had a four-foot ladder on top of this roof, on top of the 32-foot the ladder. And my partner was holding this ladder because the roof was slanted. And I was standing on the top of the four-foot ladder where it says, do not stand, reaching oh as far as I could to wipe the drops of water from the corner of the window. And at that point, I started thinking, maybe I should do something else. <laughs> My fear of heights is getting activated just listening yeah. to the story. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an exciting time, but not what I wanted to do forever. So uh, I ended up starting a computer repair business just in high school, passing around flyers, uh, learned the importance of relationship marketing and referrals and got into this nice, um, uh, like basically a retirement community where everyone had computers, they didn't know how they worked, and they wanted to pay someone else to fix them. And they just kept referring me and referring me. And so that's that's basically how I got into uh, business. Talk about how hand lettering fits into this, because that was kind of your entryway into working online, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm a musician, I'm a creative person, but also very logical. I enjoy business. I enjoy computers. Uh, and, and when I started the computer repair business, I, I stepped down from a band and I, what I didn't anticipate was losing that creative outlet. And so, you know, I started, eventually started a web firm with a partner and I enjoyed creative work. I started pursuing things in my nights and weekends, just creatively, you know, creating hand lettering, so drawing letters, 
by hand, you know, kind of like the Coca-Cola logo type. It's, it's not a, a font, it's drawn by hand. And so I was really enjoying this process and I started sharing my work. No one really noticed it for a couple of years, but uh, after about two years into it, people started to notice my work. They were asking for t-shirts and prints, you know, can I hire you to design my logos? And I ended up going full-time freelance and I left, I sold my other businesses. We hibernated the web firm and I went full-time freelance. Wow. So tell me about the milestone or the moment in your career as a digital entrepreneur uh, and, and maybe kind of take us from, you know, where, where you were doing what you were doing with the hand lettering and then to what you're doing now, which is teaching people how to, you know, to kind of build their own online businesses. Tell me about a milestone or a moment that you are the most proud of. I'd have to say the moment that, uh, that made me realize that it was possible was when, when I launched my my first course, you know, I had a bunch of people, uh, who, they were buying my products and hiring me, but a lot of people wanted to learn how to do what I did. And I, I took about six months to create a course and launch this course. And during that time I was learning from a bunch of people, you know, especially people on Rainmaker and copy blogger and, and just books and, and articles and videos, everything I could learn about marketing online. And I applied that knowledge to the first launch of my course. And thanks to people who are willing to share what they learned for free with me, my course actually made six figures in the first three days of launching. And that was when it was like, wow, this is, this is actually possible. Like I, I can actually do this. And, you know, I, I, as much as I actually enjoyed doing design and, and being an artist, people started asking me, how did you do that? You know, how, how, do, how were you able to launch a course and make so much money in a few days? And I said, you know, I'm just going to share it. I started sharing on my podcast. I started, started sharing articles and case studies. And I, I'm just trying to help people, you know. And I started seeing over time, these people were taking this advice and they were going on and starting their own businesses, quitting their day job, moving across the world. And even more than actually doing the work of art or design or working with clients, I found a lot more fulfillment in helping others realize their dreams. A good story. You know, when you talk to people who have been successful in digital entrepreneurship, especially a teaching kind of digital entrepreneurship like what you're doing, that that love for helping people and helping people achieve their goals just comes out time and time again. It's such an important lesson to remember. You know, the more that you help other people get what they want, the more that you'll get what you want, and it's just such a such a beautiful cycle in that way. Completely agree. So on the flip side of that, then tell me about the most humbling moment in your career as a digital entrepreneur and what you learned from it. Oh, man. I think the most humbling moment for me was when I started to hire. And this was the, you know, my third business, uh, Sean West, but it was the first business that I, I had full-time employees. I'd had, you know, contractors before, but I brought on, uh, I think five or six full-time employees in a year. and really quickly started to feel the, the gravity, the weight of that. Um, you, you know, you think like, I want to hire employees for my business so they can do work for me, but you realize you're actually supporting their livelihood. And I don't have kids. Uh, I'm the oldest of 13 kids. So I have a little bit of an idea of uh, what it's like, especially growing up, you know, when they're young, I changed probably a thousand diapers growing up. So I've got kind of an idea, but 13 kids. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not a, never a dull moment, no. uh, but they're, they're super awesome. You know, I never had kids myself, but I, I can only imagine 
I'm getting a glimpse of that as a business owner owner because you know I I've obviously have my own dreams and ambitions but somehow those really fade away in the face of having your own employees and, and realizing it, it often comes to you to take care of these people and that becomes your number one priority or at least for me it did yeah so in episode 162 uh, of your podcast, you talked about how people put other people into boxes. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed this. What did you mean by that? And why is that important to recognize? Well, probably the, the simplest way to start would be to refer people to Dunbar's number, which is to say that we really can only process about 150 close relationships, give or take. And people can't process the complexities of individuals beyond that. You know, on a surface level, we can. You can obviously follow more than 150 people on Twitter if you want, uh, but you can't really get super deep on those relationships. And so what we tend to do is we kind of categorize people. What is this guy about? You know, what do I think of when I think of Jared? And people put them in a box. They, they say, okay, you're, you are a podcast guy. You are an entrepreneur. You are an artist. You are a designer, a developer they put you in a box based on what you share, what you project. And what a lot of people do is they project everything that they do. You know, I was a, a full-time designer for about six or seven years. And during that time, I did all kinds of things, you know, illustration, animation, user interface design, uh, logos, screencasts, just all kinds of things. And I was projecting all of them. You know, whenever I made a new piece of work or I wrote on something or I produced a video, I shared that. And I think, you know, I, I might have gotten a few followers. My audience grew a little bit, but the, the inflection point in my growth, especially the growth of my audience and revenue online was when I started to curate what I shared. And what I mean by curate is selectively projecting a single focused thing, just taking one thing of the many things you do. We all do many things. We're all good at many things, but projecting just that one thing that you want to be known for next. It doesn't necessarily have to be for the rest of your life. You know, it's just, we, we go through seasons and everything is a stepping stone, but just putting out that one thing that you want to be known for helps people process you because they're going to simplify. They're going to simplify, simplify, simplify. They, they can't process all of your complexity. So if you project everything, you become known for nothing. And what you can't control is the fact that people will put you in a box. What you can control is what box they put you in. You can define that box by what you share. Great advice. Yeah, if you project everything, then yeah, you project nothing. That's great. So let's fast forward to now. What is the one word that you would use to sum up the status of your business as it stands today? Growing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> this year's been uh it's been uh, a lot of growing pains like really getting a solid idea of what our business model is. I think a lot of us stumble into revenue and we don't actually understand just the core fundamentals of business and what our business model is. And I, I put myself in that category. I, I stumbled into things that were working. I kind of figured out ways to make revenue here and there, but I didn't have a solid idea of our business model. So we spent the past year really refining that. And uh, it, it was a, it's, it's been a growing year. What was the biggest thing you learned about your business model? Maybe that surprised you. I think that... Uh, monthly revenue isn't necessarily the right metric to track. Mm. It depends on your business model. I think I, I, you know, I have my ear in a lot of industries. I, I pay attention a lot to 
uh, the SaaS app industries. And, and I listen to a lot of the people in those spaces. Uh, we are developing a SaaS app behind the scenes. So I try and try and pay attention to that stuff. But our revenue right now is not at all coming from SaaS. We, I mean, we, we are the very definition of the digital entrepreneur in every sense. We have a, a membership site. We have digital products. We have physical products. We have our, our community, a podcast network, a conference, like everything you can think of. But we don't currently have a SaaS app. And I, I've been so obsessed over this monthly revenue figure that it's actually been hindering for me because our business model, uh, this is just the kind of clarity you get when you go on a mastermind and have smarter people give you advice from the outside. Our, our business model is just more conducive to being seen over a 12-month period and really planning out everything we do holistically. Hmm. It's an important realization to have. Yeah, it was a, it was a moment of clarity for me. Yeah. So what's at the top of your priority list right now? And what are you doing to get there? Top of the priority list right now is getting our um, consistent revenue to surpass our payroll and expenses. That sounds really scary. Uh, but we hired really quick. And I, you know, I, I kind of got my start by launching online courses. And what you'll recognize and realize quickly when you get into online courses is you have these really big spikes of revenue and then not so much in between for the most part, even mm. if it's an evergreen uh, type of a situation. And so it's, it's been, for me, transitioning from that kind of spike-driven revenue of, of a business to something that's more diversified and more sustainable, you know, where, where I can not have to worry like, okay, we're not, it's going to be a dry spell for three or four months and make sure everyone gets paid, but something a little more reliable. And what are some of the specific ways that you're that you're trying to do that and kind of smooth that out? We are diversifying our uh, course offerings. So basically, we're we're wanting to be uh, the place where people go to build and grow a sustainable business. We want to give them the resources for that, and we want to give them access to a community of people who are doing the same thing. So diversifying our uh, flagship courses, which are separate purchases, as well as inflating the value of our membership because obviously that recurring revenue is uh, a lot more steady. You know, you just mentioned kind of a challenge that you're facing here, you know, getting your consistent revenue to surpass payroll uh, and expenses. Are there any other big challenges that you're facing right now? Mm. Or would you say that one's the biggest? Well, it's definitely the biggest. Um, I, I think right now it's probably the fact that I, you know, there, there's some articles going around that are like, oh, you know, everyone's saying video is the next big thing, and it's not the only thing. Honestly, I, I think video is the next big thing. Like, video is already big, but it's going to get even bigger and bigger. And especially with the the, the coming virtual reality world, you're going to want to be good on video. You're you should be doing live streaming. You should be doing way more video. And we're trying to ramp that up. And I'd say the most difficult part of that is. Uh, having a remote team. You know, we have tens of thousands of dollars of equipment in our office here where I am, but our team is remote and getting more of them on video up to our quality standards is, uh, it's difficult. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. So let's open up your toolbox then. You kind of mentioned some of the video equipment that you have there. Let's open up your toolbox a bit. What is the one technology tool that contributes the most to your success as a digital entrepreneur? Am I allowed to say something we built? <laughs> of course, absolutely. Okay, so over the past several years, we've been building 
we, we've been building a, a system for our community. We have, we have uh, several hundred people inside our community. And this system is what could best be described as a, a live chat system. However, uh, it's, it's something we would like to build into something that's it's so hard to describe. But I would say a hybrid between archivable you know, long form discussions and real time discussions. So mm-hmm. basically we are, we're wanting to eradicate forums. We've had forums there. There are some issues with forums that we don't like. Um, and we have chat, but there's th- things that chat can't quite do. So we're developing this, this feature called conversations basically, which threads discussions, makes them, uh, searchable, makes them, uh, filterable. You can essentially zoom in and out of what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear, get notified by follow-up, uh, responses. Um, it's, it has live streaming built in both audio and video. You've got people with profiles. They have badges for whether or not they're going to the conference or whether they took a certain course. Uh, it's, you know, we can send push notifications from it. It's, it's, it's very, very powerful. We can use it for live events as well. So it's good for people who stream their podcast or do webinars or are community organizers because you, we have commands where we can toggle a call to action button. So people are watching a live event video and at the right moment while it's live, it's not even like a timer. You know how people do that with recorded videos yeah. while it's live on cue we can basically animate the video where it zooms down to the side and there's a button right there. Whatever color, whatever call to action text you want, going to whatever link or add to cart you have, uh, it's a very, very powerful system. Um, but as, as many of our members really, really want this for their own communities, I, I'm dedicated to hmm. making this the best it can be for communities uh, I'm sorry, for our own community before I make it available to others. Because I know when I turn this into a SaaS app, our our customers and clients of the software will become the primary people we focus on. They're going to ask for features. They're going to ask for things. And we're going to need to address those. But if we keep it in-house first, the, this system was built around the needs of a community. When people are like, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. We build it. And so I, I want to preserve that as long as possible. And I, I really want to make sure this is built around the needs of the user. Wow. That sounds like a really, really interesting product. It really it, does. It is, it is absolutely our, our, strongest, uh, our strongest piece by far. Wow. Very cool. Uh, so what about the non-technology tool that contributes the most to your success? I would just say getting your back against the wall. Mm. Commit to something and schedule it. A lot of us wait for motivation to find us. We see it as a source. And really, motivation is a result. It's a result of making a commitment and showing up consistently. I started my podcast and said, I'm going to podcast twice a week. This was before I knew how hard podcasting was or <laughs> editing and, and newsletters and show notes and all that stuff. But I set a commitment and I did it. You know, For the better part of two, two and a half years, we did two episodes a week. And I think that that has really helped us. And it's not just podcasting, but anything that you do, I would say, get your back against the wall. You're capable of more. Just, just make the commitment. Just say, I am going to do this weekly. Tell your friend you're going to do it weekly. Tell yourself, write, write it on a note and put it next to your bed. Tell your audience you're going to do it weekly. You know, just be consistent, get your back against the wall. And then the other thing I would say is all of our team 
maybe not all of our team, but most of our team have adopted uh, the, the habit of going to bed early and waking up early. And I know you've heard this a million times. You hear successful people wake up early. You maybe have even read articles that say, wake up whenever you want. It doesn't matter. I would just say, try it for yourself. Try it. Just go to bed early, wake up early, and log your output. Are you a writer? How much do you actually write at night? I mean, you go throughout your whole day, you're getting all this baggage, your mind is full with the day's events. And it, you know, I'm a night owl by heart. Like I don't, I don't like waking up early. I like the person that I am when I do. And so I would say if you're a writer, if you're, mm. if you're anything, just, just log your output, whatever your output looks like, log it, log it right now for several weeks. How much are you getting done? Then try this out wake up early and log your output. This is what I did because I wanted to prove the early birds wrong. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to show them that it doesn't matter. And I just, I doubled my output. Wow. And as much as I like being right, Jared, I love being right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as yes. much as I like being right, I like being successful more. Right. So even though I was wrong, I'm like, I, I, I'm sold. I'm going to do this. So if, if you try this out, this would be my recommendation for the transition. Instead of thinking of this ideal where you you go to bed it's super early at like nine o'clock or something you wake up at four and, and you you write several articles and you go on a run and then you, you uh you know eat this healthy breakfast instead of picturing this ideal that's super 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 hard to get to start by defining success by when you go to bed it, that's that's all it is it starts the night before a successful morning routine starts the night before just say, if I can go to bed by X, whatever that is for you, this is a success. Even if I don't wake up early, even if I don't write the next day, just, just define it as a success if you go to bed when you said you wanted to. Do that for a few weeks, just like a couple weeks, try that. Then start, just redefine success. Redefine success as when you wake up. Then define success by whether you went on a run or whether you started writing. How important is that to to kind of have your own definitions for what success is and, and to make them kind of like that, you know, not not easy necessarily, but simple and, and maybe outside of what people would think, because I think they would think, well, success is writing 5000 words, but you're kind of redefining it by saying no success is, you know, going to bed at this certain time uh, before then. How how important is that as kind of a mindset shift for people? Well, you know, in terms of defining success, no one can or should define success for you. If you're able to live the life you want with the people you love, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So getting to that point, um, just it, it just takes individual steps. And what's overwhelming is looking at the conclusion and the place you want to be and, and saying that's success. And everything I do in between that isn't perfectly that is a failure. And, you know, I'm a loser. You know, that's why I like defining success as the next step and then just just redefining it as I as I basically level up. All right. So let's let's kind of look forward now. Earlier, I asked you for the one word that you would use to sum up the status of your business as it stands today. And you said growing. So if we talk again in a year, and hopefully we will, we're going to talk certainly in six or seven weeks at Digital Commerce Summit, which will be fun. Uh, but if we talk again in a year, what would you want that one word to be? I am very much looking forward to the conference. That's going to be a fun time. It is. Uh, hmm. I would say thriving. And it, to, to add on to that word, once, once our business is in a place that we want it to be, and once, once we have our solid business model and we're sustaining ourselves and our people, 
I then want to start by defining our success by our members' success and our students' success. Like I, I, I really, I really admire the people who they don't they don't toot their own horn and say we're so great. This is what we've done, but this is what the people that we've helped and the people that we we serve have done. I like that. I like that a lot. All righty. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions here to close this it. out? Let's do it. All right. If you could have every person who will ever work with you or for you read one book, what would it be? I require them to read the 10X rule. Do you? I, I buy it for them even. Very nice. And why that, that one? The 10X rule, uh, it's by Grant Cardone. He, he's basically saying you're not taking enough action. You're not taking enough action. You, you have this goal, you have this thing you want to do, and you do the amount of action that you think it will take to reach the goal. That's 1x action. You need to do 10 times the amount of action that you think it will take to reach your goal. Because number one, you have no idea what it's going to take to get there. Number two, worst case is uh, you, you surpass your goal, which is awesome. The other thing he says is success is your duty. So the, the author sees it as unethical not to fulfill his potential. And it's just all around an awesome book. Very cool. Next question. If you could have a 30-minute Skype call to discuss your business with anyone tomorrow, anyone, who would it be? I wouldn't mind talking to the author, Grant. Uh, but if not him, I would say Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, he's just a, he's an intense guy and he knows the value of a few minutes. And he, he could he could turn around your life and your business in a three-minute conversation for sure. Yeah, he could. And you'd be able to have 10 of them in 30 minutes. That would be yeah. an intense 30 minutes. No <laughs> was <kidding>. with Gary. <laughs> uh, okay. What is the one email newsletter that you can't do without? Okay. Well, Gary's on my mind. I do have to give him credit. He has an incredible newsletter and it's very straight to the point. It, it will take... You can glance at it in 30 seconds and just get a little... A little hit of motivation. Um, and he's also started giving things away. Like he's partnering with people. And, and if you open the newsletter early enough, there's like legit stuff in there. I mean, pretty solid. Uh, the other guy I would say is Ramit Sethi. Oh Just yeah. a brilliant guy. If, if you're like me, the first year or two you heard about him, you're like, ah, I don't know about this guy. Well, when you come back around, really pay attention. There's just so much, so many layers to everything he does that you can learn from. Yeah, he there was a really interesting episode recently of the Tim Ferriss uh, podcast that kind of reintroduced me to him, uh, which was really beneficial. So two really good recommendations there. All right, what non-book piece of art had the biggest influence on you as a digital entrepreneur? One of my community members sent me an original watercolor painting, and He's, a, he's an incredible watercolor artist. Uh, his name's Eric Lynn. If you just search for Eric Lynn watercolor, his work is amazing. And I would say he's the next Bob Ross, but he's really the next Eric Lynn. Like that's, that's how good he is. And he, he made a, a painting from a photo that I, I shared on Snapchat of a mastermind retreat I was at in San Diego, just uh, of the guys in front of me walking along the beach. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, but it, it honestly, it's more the gesture that like he felt like he had received so much value from me he wanted to create this and send it to me and it it hangs in the foyer of my house and I, i'm just super proud of it mm. very cool all right and finally what productivity hack has had the biggest impact on your ability to get more meaningful work done and you may have actually already mentioned this when we talked earlier 
I'm going to I'm going to say it again. I'll say either get your back against the wall and commit or try just try the waking up early and log your output. Hmm. So what is the single best way for someone inspired by today's discussion to get in touch with you, Sean? I mean, if they made it this far, I think they probably like podcasts. So I would say check out the Sean West podcast at seanwest.com slash podcast and feel free to drop me a line. You know, we talk all about the intersection between creativity and business, marketing, online entrepreneurship. So uh, that's the best place to find me. And you have several different podcasts there too, right? Because you've got the Lambo Goal podcast and then several other ones in your network. Yeah, we do have a network there. It's it's really all about helping people with everything they need to do business online. Whether you want to start a podcast, we got we'll we'll start talking about client work and pricing, you know, video, all that good stuff. Excellent. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode, and I look forward to seeing you uh, in a couple of months in Denver. I'm very excited about that. Thank you again. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity, Jared. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. Alrighty. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Digital Entrepreneur. Happy to be back. And uh, we will get back with our regular schedule of weekly episodes. So check back next week for another brand new episode of The Digital Entrepreneur. Uh, and again, go to rainmakerplatform.com slash webinar one. Check out that webinar about Rainmail. See how it works. Uh, there's a good chance that if you have questions about Rainmail, they are probably answered in that webinar. So go check it out. Get questions answered. Check out some use cases, some examples, see if it's for you. Uh, and if it is, you'll be right there at rainmakerplatform.com. So you can take the platform to its, for a test drive uh, and see if you like it. All right. Thank you for listening. And I will join you next week on another brand new episode of The Digital Entrepreneur.